welcome to Invisible Tears. I'm Drew, and I'm here with Jane and Amanda, and today we are going to be talking about Alan Wilmer Sr. and the Colonial Parkway murders. Uh, over the last month or so, it has been developments, and Alan Wilmer Sr. has been forensically linked to the 1987 murder of David Knobling and Robin Edwards and the 1989 murder of Teresa Howell. Now, these three victims have been tied to the Colonial Parkway murders. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we actually had Bill Thomas and Kristen Dilley from Mind Over Murder on our show. And Bill's sister, Kathy, is a victim of these so-called Colonial Parkway murders. Now, we do know in our discussion with Bill that he he did feel that although it's interesting, all these murders happening around a specific time period, he did feel that it may have been multiple perpetrators. And with this information coming forward, it does lend credibility to that. Bill does also feel that Alan Wilmer Sr. will be tied to some other cases that are not linked to the Colonial Parkway at this time. Um, so we do expect to see a lot more information coming out about him and interested to see if he is tied to any other victims within the Colonial Parkway uh, murders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for any of our listeners, um, definitely make sure if you haven't already that you go and you listen to Mind Over Murder, um, any of the updates that they've actually given since all of this news has broke. Obviously, this is Matt, this is huge news uh, to them and their camp and all of the families um, for all of the um, victims that are commonly linked to the Colonial Parkway murders. Make sure you go and listen to all those podcast episodes too, because you'll really hear some really good information and some good candid information from them as well. Yeah, it appears, um, according to them, this Alan W. Wilmer uh, Sr., he was actually a suspect years ago. Yeah. Uh, they did do uh, some extensive investigation into him. Uh, he was from Virginia, uh, he was a fisherman, 63 years old, or he died in 2017 at 63 years old, yep. um, which is unfortunate because he never served any time and was never charged for these homicides. Um, I know that families um, have been really hopeful over the years uh, with some kind of answers and resolution to to these cases. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, I, I never heard Bill uh, Thomas um, show anger towards right. the authorities. Um, he's always said that, you know, he's had a pretty decent relationship with them and, and stuff until um, all this new info came out and they found out that this guy, while he was alive, um, was actually being investigated as a as a suspect, and they just never went forward with anything. Mm -hmm. um, so, but DNA linked him uh, to these um, three murders, the three of them, right? Yep, three yep. of them. And um, hopefully, um, they're hopeful that if he's responsible for some of the others, or if not all, they'll be able to link him to the others too. Mm -hmm. So I know that they've been at, like out there big time asking people, if you know this guy, come mm -hmm. talk to us. We need more information on him. We need to know where he was at specific times and, 
Right. And, um, you know, what can you tell us about this guy? They they are like hitting the news big time with trying to get more information about this guy. Um, I'm so happy for the families that are able to get some answers. You know, it doesn't, even though they got answers and the DNA matched, it's definite that this guy, you know, was responsible for those murders. I, I still can't imagine you know, the families still are missing their loved ones. Their mm-hmm. loved ones are still gone. Yeah. And it doesn't bring them back, but it does give them some answers. And uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's an incredible ongoing story. I'm hoping for the, for the other families that they absolutely can link him to other cases and give other families, uh, more families, more answers. It's uh, incredible news for the Colonial Parkway murders, or some of the cases anyways. Yep, so yeah. authorities have put out that um, he did have a fairly distinct commercial fishing boat and also a truck. So authorities are hoping that some people will actually remember encountering this guy based off of his truck or his boat, um, and that you'll come forward to try to, even if you didn't witness anything, or even if you did, they don't really care about what the hell you were doing. Um, but they just want you to come forward to help build the timeline and pinpoint of his location at specific time periods. So at the time, um, he did own a 1976 commercial fishing boat that was called Denny Wade. And his truck um, was even more distinct. It was a 1966 Dodge Fargo pickup truck. But the um, distinct part about it was its license plate was E.M. Raw. Now, he was an oyster fisherman, so that's kind of a common term as far as eat them raw. And also, when talking about that license plate, there was a book called A Special Kind of Evil, The Colonial Parkway Murders, that came out years ago, uh, written by Blaine Pardo and uh, Victoria Hester. And they actually wrote about a man being investigated um, for the um, Keith Call and Cassandra Haley investigation back in 1988. And the man that was questioned did drive a pickup or drove a vehicle with the license plate E.M. Raw. Now, at the time, he passed a polygraph, um, so investigators did not go any further with that, but he was a suspect, dating all the way back to 1980, 1988, actually, with that investigation. So when authorities did come out with their, with their press conference and they were talking about how, you know, new cold case unit came in and dug in to new evidence and were able to get a new set of eyes on stuff and they developed this list of suspects and that's where Alan Wilmer came about and when they realized he was dead that's when they obtained his DNA for sampling but it kind of contradicts with the fact of well he's actually been a a suspect all along so over these past 30 plus years did you did they try to obtain a DNA sample from him Mm -hmm. yeah obviously not no, obviously not. Yeah, I know that the time period that they're really looking at right now is between 1986 and 1989, um, especially with the boat and the truck, because there is um, there's two of them, um, Nobling and Edwards, their bodies have never been recovered, but they do believe that they were um, victims of homicide and and part of the Colonial Parkway murders. That's right, because David's truck was found with the keys in the ignition, um, looked like it had still been running when they disappeared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
and they still never recovered their bodies. So um, that's kind of suspicious to me, him having a boat mm -hmm. and uh, what he could have done with the bodies. Yeah, just a little so. bit more detail about that boat, too. So, I mean, obviously, as Drew outlined, it was called the Denny Wade. He often lived aboard that boat as well. And it was typically docked in Gloucester County, Middlesex County, and the Northern Neck. Just so if anybody remembers, you know, seeing that boat, um, again, the name was Denny Wade. And it was a custom built to 76 fishing boat around that area. Again, the Vermont State Police and the FBI want to speak with you, simply just trying to build a timeline. Yeah. And we'll, we'll post um, the phone numbers, contact phone numbers for um, anybody that may have information mm -hmm. they can call. Yeah. But some incredible news. Um... So with this news coming out, Jane, you know, there's a couple murders being solved in the Colonial Parkway murders. Uh, a couple months ago, the Gilgo Beach murders were solved. Does this bring you hope that there will be some advancement in the Connecticut River Valley killings? It does, especially with this one, because, I mean, these cases were in the 80s. So, yeah, it does give me a little hope. But it also concerns me that has there been a suspect in plain sight all these years that they have questioned and looked into, but weren't able to look into enough especially to match like DNA or anything like that from my case or any of the other cases is, is the suspect in plain sight and they don't even realize it. Like they didn't realize it until DNA came back. I, is there DNA in my case? I still have not received an answer on that. Mm. <laughs> um, are they still testing? Are they testing DNA from the other victims? I've never received an answer on that. Is there DNA to test? Never received an answer on that. So, I mean, as much as I want to have hope and, and, you know, I try to stay hopeful that these cases, in my case, will find some answers and be solved. You know, it, it, takes, it, takes, me to, it takes me down that road again where I have to trust that they're doing their job. You know, I try to. And I try to think about it and, and look at things with an open mind, you know. But one thing this does, <laughs> let's, let's bring this up. Lynn Cardi <laughs> was so convinced mm -hmm. that Michael Nicolau was the serial killer of the colonial Parkway murders. Mm -hmm. um, she's brought information about them. She's been on TV about this. She has been extremely vocal about this. You know, she was completely convinced that he was the serial killer of these murders. This kind of proves her wrong. Her theory goes right out the window because DNA, you can't, you can't deny it. DNA right there. I mean, here's three of them that she can no longer connect Michael Nicolau to. So, you know, that's why I still, um, you know, I still am so frustrated that she tries so hard to still connect Michael Nicolau to, to my case and these, these other cases. There's nothing forensic that we can tie Michael Nicolau to these cases. Yep. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she can try and fit him into all these murders and all these cases, 
But the fact of the matter is, unless you have solid, solid evidence, you cannot convict on that. And, and you know, even even like Bill Thomas told us, on, you know, on our interview with him, she had a good theory, but she had no solid evidence. Right. You cannot convict somebody on theory. You have to have solid evidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm glad that he stopped listening to her yep. um, because look, DNA, DNA is solid evidence. And that just proved right there that Michael Nicolau had nothing to do with these three victims of the Colonial Parkway murders. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And now back to our episode. It also helps to show to just a little bit that so commonly, and I know all of us really sort of have this mentality and have a very open mind about like the Connecticut River Valley killings. And I know that Bill Thomas and Kristen Dilly, that they have a very solid, um, because they've publicly put this out there multiple times too, that while in talking about all of the cases, if nothing forensically actually links the cases, all of us sort of have that conversation where we're open-minded with understanding that all the cases may be connected, but they also may not be. They may exactly. not all be, one person may not be responsible for all of these cases. And sort of this development really just goes to sort of prove that point that while, of course, grouping them all into the same conversations because of similarities, because, you know, they were all they were all groups. You know what I mean? They were all coupled approximately a year apart within about a 22 mile proximity along the same area in Virginia. So it's it's understandable why they're all within the same conversation, but having a very open mind about how they may not all actually be the same perpetrator. It helps it helps showcase that. I wonder I wonder if that has to do with um, the fact of especially if we look at the Connecticut Valley case when we we're you know, everybody groups all these murders together because in our minds, there could only be one person that would be evil enough to do that. It's scarier to think that it could be done by two or three people and going, holy shit, there are multiple bad fucking people out there that are in this area doing this. So it's almost like, does it does it help? put a little people at peace or ease of mind when you just lump everything together because you're like just one person did this Mm -hmm. there's only one bad person Mm -hmm. in the area right now Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's also why people just it us also just a person in general will tend to group stuff together to almost minimize the evil that might be out there Mm. that's good that's a really good point Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, um, like the investigator that's uh, the state police trooper McLaughlin that's investigating my case right now. I love the way that he's not investigating all the cases together. He's just focusing on my case right now with one possible suspect and work on that. And then if it fits... And then you go from there. Well, maybe he's responsible for this one too, or this one too, or this one too. Um, 
So I love the way that he is completely focusing on one um, versus all of them at the same time, because some of the, the, the MOs may fit one case and he could switch his MO and, you know, also be connected to another case, but switch MOs and not even realize it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, this definitely gives me hope, especially where I, I just, I hated the whole Michael Nicolau thing. I think it, um, for a long time, I was afraid that it was going to hurt these cases um, with solving them. But um, obviously, the Michael Nicolau didn't hurt this case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the DNA matched. They know who killed them. And um, it's, it's... um it gives me hope that Michael Nicolau didn't hurt our cases mm-hmm. and that, you know, there's, there's hope that my case and possibly these other cases may be eventually solved. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, when you think about it, we're still talking about the same, just about timeline as well, right? All these cases were from 86 to 89. Janier case was from 88. So as far as like how old the case is and and that sort of thing, um, same sort of timeline. So it's, it, I think it's great that it does give you hope. I would totally understand any sort of apprehension there and understand you being realistic about you don't exactly and haven't really gotten confirmation back about, hey, is there DNA in my case? Still yeah. left. You know, they had told you they had, they had previously tested the DNA, but you haven't gotten confirmation that there is DNA still or enough to continue testing and and that sort of thing. So I am glad that it gives you hope. Exactly. Exactly. And in no way, just to clarify, because Lynn tried to really connect Nicolau with everybody, with the Mm -hmm. Connecticut River Valley cases, with the Colonial Parkway murders. And she was even talking about the serial killer in Texas. Just because he's connected to these three cases, they are completely not connected to mine or the Connecticut right. River Valley cases. We're not connecting oh, not the Connecticut River oh, Valley yeah. cases and the Parkway cases at all, just yeah. to clarify that. Um, oh, yeah. Just looking at Alan Wilmer's height, there's yeah. no yeah. way he was. I mean, he's 5'5". Five five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. He's a crazy tiny short. little guy. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Bill kept yeah. on describing him as um, Popeye, right? Yeah. Based off of um, Alan Wilmer Sr.'s uh, description. Popeye, right? 5'5", five, five, but extremely... 165. Built. Built. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, he had to be that way for, for his job, for being a fisherman. Yeah. I mean, it's sad that he's not going to serve any time, that mm-hmm. he's already, you know, died how does that make you feel knowing that he died in his home alone yeah. and his body wasn't found for weeks and it wasn't found by family members or anything like that? It was found by, was it a post office worker or something like that? Uh, yeah. I do forget the details on that, but he died alone. His body sat there rotting until he was actually found. So how does it make you feel knowing that that's the way that he went out with somebody like that? <sighs> I mean, did he die in his sleep? Did he die in his sleep? Uh, if he died in his sleep, I have, I, it's like that's an easy way out, you know. Yeah. Was he sick? Did he have cancer? Did he suffer any? 
mm-hmm. that would be um, a little bit of justice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Karma, they call it. But him laying there rotting for a few weeks, uh, you know, he's not feeling anything. Can I, um, you know, refer to him with any humility with that? No. He, he killed three people and possibly more. And evidently he was extremely intelligent with how he did it because he went years without being caught. Yeah, he was a possible person of interest for a long time, but he obviously um, knew what he was doing, knew how to do it, knew how to get away with it. And he was obviously evil, true monster. How he could um, just murder people he didn't even know. Now, if he suffered, okay, there's a little bit of justice for that for those mm-hmm. families. Um, it, it would have been nice if the if the families had, um, you know, were able to get a day in court with him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is my big thing is for a long time. That's what I really, really wanted was a day in court with whoever did this to me. I, I've always wanted to give a victim impact statement and uh it doesn't bother me as much as it used to i know you know 36 years has gone by the possibility of um my attacker being alive is slim but yet possible my hope is um my attacker is still alive and and i would be able to see at least one day in court with him that's a little bit of justice for what he did to me I think him rotting away by himself for weeks on end uh, is um, is exactly what he deserved. Mm-hmm. But he didn't feel any pain while he was sitting there rotting. So not much justice there. Not much at all. What do you guys think about the um, when the announcement was made, um, announcing him and him being connected to these three murders? The press conferences and the releases were very, very specific in not mentioning the Colonial Parkway murders at all or making any sort of connection to it at all. The wording was very, very specific. And I know that Bill and Kristen have actually really tuned into this as well. What do you guys think about that? I think it was a very professional way of the for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've, they've uh, done their research. And, you know, realize that, okay, yeah, he's connected to this three, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's connected to others. And so can you really call him the Colonial Parkway murderer? Right. Right. You know? Yep. Yeah. I I think that the way they did that was perfect. But, I mean, it it seems to me the authorities are still looking into other cases Mm -hmm. and seeing if he's, he's connected to them. And and I just hope, like, especially, unfortunately, they did not connect him to Bill Thomas's sister's case yet. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That's unfortunate. So I just hope that, you know, the authorities are still not assuming that he's connected to the other cases. I'm hoping that they still um, are full on investigating the other cases also, right. whether it's trying to connect uh, Wilmer to those cases or, or, you know, maybe they have other suspects and can connect to, you know, some DNA or something to them. So, right. But it's good news. It's, um, positive, especially for these families. Um, 
my heart breaks for them um, because even though they got answers, like I said before, it still doesn't bring their loved ones back. Their their loved ones are still gone, and and that's unfortunate. But you know, they have a little bit of answers now um, on who did this. So yeah. I hope the families can you know um, find some kind of peace with this. I truly do. Uh, I think about the families a lot. Yeah, me too. So what we're going to do is we're going to um, contact Bill, Thomas, and Kristen, and uh, hopefully have them on soon. Mm-hmm. I know they have been extremely busy with interviews and yes. and yes. podcasting, and um, you know people just want. <laughs> they want Bill and Kristen on right now. So we're going to get a hold of them very shortly and hopefully have them on soon uh, to to get Bill's reaction to all this news. And uh, maybe he can share some more light to this. And, um, and um, of course, we just love having them on anyways. We, oh, just, we just love, love them, them so much. We love Bill I mean, and Kristen so much. Truly, truly good good people mm-hmm. we just uh we love them so much so yeah hopefully we can um we'll have them on soon mm-hmm. so uh stay tuned to that mm-hmm. uh we look forward to that so with that thank you for listening to invisible tears don't forget to subscribe and until next time Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Invisible Tears. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to hear all future episodes. Click into our link tree too in the episode description to find and follow us on all our social medias. And it also links to our website, invisible-tears.com, where you can keep current on any events that may be coming up, read more about Jane and the team, and read more about all the Connecticut River Valley unsolved cases. If you want to learn more about my wellness practice, Guided Path Wellness, head to guidedpathwellness.org. There you can read more about me and my certifications, more about the Reiki and coaching services I offer both in person and remote, and read all about my products for sale that I make through the practice. Feel free to utilize the contact us section on the website with any questions or utilize that free 15 minute consultation booking button if you have any questions about what might work for you. Evil may exist in this world, but we will not let it win. See you next episode.